Welcome to your typical Shono protagonist. He's Kai. I'm Kells. And welcome to this episode where we talk about Vivi, Fluorite Eyes song. First off, Kai, how you doing? I'm doing great, bruh. Well, you know, just living the life, coming off the hype of a great weekend of anime, you know, exploring some Demon Slayer, some Attack on Titan, some Tress Up Darling, and a bunch of other stuff. So I'm doing great. And of course, winding it out with one of these sad boy robot animes, man. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. <sighs> yeah. So first off, tell me about tell me about Vivi. Yeah, today we're doing Vivi. Um, Vivi is an anime that came out last um, spring, I want to say. It's the story of the world's first autonomous humanoid AI with the single purpose of making humans happy through her singing. And that's her purpose because each AI is given a singular person's purpose and hers is to make humans happy through singing. But the story kind of takes a derail when Masamoto, an AI from the future, kind of back to the future of this thing, shows up and tells Vivi, hey, we got to save the world because, you know, the AIs are going to revolt and kill everybody. And it's an interesting story because it's done by the creator of ReZero, who a lot of people, you know, a lot of people know ReZero. Uh, this is Tepe Nakasusi's um, body of work. So he made, like I said, he made ReZero. He made um, World of Stregdrift. And just some other stuff that I'm not really familiar with. Mainly, I just know him from ReZero. So that's what I'm going to focus on. He has like a dark writing style. And it's really on full showcase in Vivi as well. And let alone that and this being a original story produced and done by Studio Wit as well. Also known for Attack on Titan, Villain Saga, Ranking of Kings, Save of the end, a bunch of other great stuff that you can just go down the list. Um, all these pieces coming together, I was like, yo, this is this has me like from name alone. Like as soon as this showed up on any chart, you know, like before this even had a PV, I was like, Yeah, I'm watching this. Like, this is something that is definitely getting my attention and I'm glad that I watched it. It was thirteen episodes of pure badassery and awesomeness. Yeah, man, and you've been talking about this for a minute. Um, so I I totally agree with you now that I've gotten around to watching it. Um, this is one of those like plastic memories vibes, except instead of, you know, being sad and and you know, inevitable slice of life, this was definitely battle idols, man. Like, let's go fight the universe for our mission. Like, it was more <sighs> shit. Um, what's the show? Um, robots, crime. It was standalone complex. Uh, not psychopath, not Akudama Drive. Robots doing crime. One of the OGs. One of the OGs. Lord Jesus, what? <laughs> I know, right? Ghost in Ghost, Shell. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, yeah Ghost, Ghost in the Shell. I was Ghost, like, Ghost okay, in the shell. here we go. I was like, okay, Ghost in the. That's yes, that's a great comparison. Um, it's very much Ghost in the Shell. Like, it's like Ghost in the Shell meets Steins Gate meets psych not quite psychopaths, maybe kinda, but like it's definitely Ghost in the Shell. For sure. A hundred and ten percent. That's a great comparison. And I was actually gonna say that, but I forgot. So look at us being a hive mind. Um Yeah, man. No, it definitely, definitely throwback and tells it has inspiration from Ghost in the Shell with the 
strong female lead who is like robotically sexualized, like kind of. I mean, not even. All right, I'm gonna need you to run that one back for me. <laughs> like, okay, so I don't even want to say like sexualized because she's not, but like definitely, yeah. Vivi is a waifu. Like, she's a beautiful robot, and there are scenes where we see um, that being accentuated, like, in terms of where she's, like, laying down, or, like, it's a still frame of her, like, getting dressed or something, or a pause, or she's in that dope-ass bomber jacket she's wearing in episode two. Um, but just things like that, I feel like. It's not like your rugged, you know, AI robot terminator genesis type thing it's like oh this is a very you know attractive strong independent robot ai woman sure definitely but yeah which um, i you know I, I i agree with you um definitely vivia as a main character is um you know made to do a specific purpose as all ai are however um she gets enlisted in a different mission and then has to go be a bomb ass idol, you know, punching dudes in the face or saving the universe. Yeah. And um so one thing I really like about Vivi, before we get into the spoilers and everything, um, is that it's really a two episode arc system. Like you the episodes the fact that Vivi does something in thirteen episodes that a lot of animes will take years to do that you know couldn't necessarily do in four years or 150 episodes or however. It gives you a great beginning, enthralls you, and takes you throughout the process that will leave you thinking probably for a month after, like, yo, what the fuck did I just watch? And, like, I want more, but it's no more. And I'm okay with that at the same time while I want more. Like, Vivi has that kind of effect, I would say. At least it did on me and other people I know. So, um, it being so short, each arc, you know, as things progress, happen, I'm saying two to three episodes. Like, you get a whole, like, story beat. Like, okay, we got to go up here to this space station and save people. That's dumb episode three, and then come back to Earth, find out a secret, go and do that, yada, yada. And that's propelled through, while going through time as well, which, again, we'll get into when we get into the more spoilers. But I thought that um, the way the arcs were set up were really integral into making sure the story and the pacing didn't kind of fall stale. It kept it like at a good, nice pace for me. Definitely. Um, a show that this really reminds me in terms of pacing of a 12, 13 anime, a 12, 13 episode anime is uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. You know, we have four arcs that take up three episodes apiece, but it feels like we do so much over those. So the burn. same the same thing here, you know, uh, we might spend two, three episodes on an arc, but like over the entire runtime, it does feel like the goal of time progression is very real. I agree. I agree. Um, so I got to ask you, I I feel like Vivi and you are free to disagree, which I feel like you might. But I feel like Vivi is a classic like an insta classic upon watch like it's not gonna be and this is one of those things that i feel like is gonna show up years later in the anime community like they're gonna be like oh yeah vivi blah blah blah, like all this all that but as it's just a year out i don't feel like it's gonna happen 
quite yet, but I feel like it's something that, you know, has that ability to stay. Like Samurai Champloo, I feel like when Samurai Champloo came out, there, no one was like, oh, yeah, this is an instant classic. But looking at it years back, you're like, yeah, new job is like Mugen, all this, the Samurai that smells of sunflowers, things like that. I feel like Vivi, you know, could be a ghost in a shell for like this era type. Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, it definitely feels well produced, but there's so much in the vein currently in that it's not particularly unique, you know. I think of other other robot shows, you know, we have the progenitor of this kind of of story and tone and of course Ghost in the Shell. But I mean, if I think of other stuff that's coming out currently or has come out recently, I'm thinking Plastic Memories of course in a in a slice of life vein. I'm thinking the one that we just covered over on Content Breaker. Um um Eden Zero Eden Zero. Like yeah. there's a shonen take on the robots or people too vibe. Yeah. So, you know, the the conversation about robots being people and, you know, having a show about it is is losing its kind of uniqueness as more and more shows discuss the topic. You know, not that it's not a great show, but it doesn't have that to kind of stand out with. And maybe that's why it's not currently regarded as, you know, an immediate classic. I thought it was great. I enjoyed the time I spent watching it, but I didn't feel like it wasn't like it was anything I had never seen before. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Is there anything that's out right now that you see as an immediate classic that you've watched or experienced over the past few years? I mean, not that I'm following. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm not keeping up to date on a bunch of stuff. Um, I think there are, we are in a current place of stuff that is polishing the genres that have that they are coming from, like, the, and they are taking tones and notes from other things to better connect with the audience. But I don't think there's anything that screams, "I am brand new and the greatest thing you'll see in the next ten years." So I guess I'd define a classic in a different way um, than you do. Like, I don't think a classic has to necessarily be something that's never been done before or the greatest. I feel like it has something. I define a classic as something that will have, like, a lasting effect for, like, years. Like, in 10 years, they'll still be like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is the ish. Like, you know, Ghost and Shell, like Dragon Ball Z. Um, maybe not on the style of Dragon Ball Z because Dragon Ball Z was crazy, but um, just something, you know, like that, like Hirone Kenshin or something like that. And when I think about, like, you know, a modern-day classic, um, I feel like two things come to mind. One thing that you've watched, I feel like Mega Little Box can be a classic. I feel like it has that feel to it, you know, like that in 10 years, people will still be like, yeah, like Megalobox was like at the echelons of, you know, it's not anything like the best thing that's out right now, but it definitely has all those elements with the, you know, the story, the animation, the kind of like feel you got rooting for Gearless Joe. And another one that you haven't watched, which I think you need to watch, is Mashuku Tensei, um, Jobless Reincarnation. That's... That's going to be a classic. I feel like that already is a classic because that's just done crazy things. But I feel like just just kind of like a little sidebar of like animes that I feel like are classics and if there are any true classics left. But yeah. Yeah, man. It, it, that's one of those things where like 
that is definitely a point where I'm not keeping up on. Um, I agree with you that, you know, Megalob Box is great, both in terms of storytelling, the adaptation of a previous medium, um, and like a very unique art style, you know, going back to the kind of the retro vibe of cell animation. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of anything else I'm watching, like nothing screams, hey, I'll be important eventually. Yeah, that's fair. That's but, fair. But but no, I mean, it certainly comes from like, you know, what what point are you viewing the medium at? You know, that's true. That's true. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, um, not on the podcast, but just before the podcast. Um, Vivi, like masterpiece, S tier, A tier. Like, where does it fall for you? Definitely A tier. You know, S tier is those like golden shows, those shows that are classics, new yes. classics, old classics, whatever. They are the things that you can wholeheartedly recommend without consideration. I agree. That's a great way to explain it. That's a great way to explain it. I Vivi, just wish. What's that? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I wish some of our other friends watch the classics that we suggest, but go ahead, Vivi. Yeah, we'll have to get better friends. True. Um, but no, Vivi, Vivi is definitely an A tier anime. It is absolutely gorgeous. There are some unique, uh, art style decisions that really emphasize specific facets of the show. Um, the action scenes are wonderful, but also sometimes choppy depending on the situation. You know, um, the story is, you know, following the character of Vivi in the goal of, you know, preventing all of the robots from murdering the humans um, is a great kind of lens to view the story from. But, you know, it, it doesn't feel extra different from some of the other things that follow the exact same vibe. You know, like I catastrophe agree. that can't be avoided, all of that shit. I agree. I agree. Um, okay. Um, I would... See, I would also give um, Vivia A tier, like a strong A tier. It's not, like you said, it's not quite an S tier because I it came out last year and I can't put it as my number one anime of the year. Um, honestly, it'd probably be like third or maybe fourth, but uh, we all know Fruits Baskets. It's taking my heart on that one. And then Mushugo Tensei as well. So Vivi would be third at best, and I don't feel like I could say a third best over two other shows is an S tier, which there's nothing to matter with that. Like last year was just really packed full of great shows. And I think if Vivi, if Vivi had came out any other year, I feel like I would probably view it as a masterpiece and as anime of the year. Um, but I did, it was a lot of stiff competition. The music, like you said, was great. The animation, the detail, like just so much went into Vivi. And like, when I give it that A tier, I'm giving it, like, a 99. Like, it's just almost there. It just fell short in a few things for me. And one of those few things where I was just a little confused in some spots, like, which we'll get into when we talk about spoilers. But, like, there were just some things I was like, did I read this right or I had to go back and read? Granted, they, like, overarched and made sense towards the end. But while I was in the moment, I was just like, okay, I was watching it week to week. And I was like, what? Like, you know? Definitely. It it makes use of some um, kind of jump forwards in the story where you're like, you walk into an episode and you go, 
okay, well, I know where we are, but am I supposed to like know how we got here? And they do yeah. that kind of very early on. They're just like, okay, cool, here's a thing. And then here's an immediately different thing that we're not going to talk about how you got here. And like, you know, that was the span of 15 minutes, but even then it was like a jarring change. Yeah, and I low-key feel like I might need to watch this dub just to see if there's anything I missed because there was a lot of reading going on at times as it being subbed. I'm like, maybe I just need to watch it again, dub for prosperity sake, to see if there's anything that I could miscon, like that got straightened out that I misconstrued. But at the same time, I'm like, the sub still did a fantastic job, and I really don't want to hear it dubbed. <laughs> so, but um, yeah. So lastly, um, before we get into spoilers, like, are you recommending this to people? Like, is this on your recommended list? Who should watch this? Should anyone watch it? Would you buy it? I mean, yeah, you know, if you got some time, this is something that is definitely worth viewing, um, especially if you're into those kind of shows that follow the same story vein, you know, yeah. uh, depending on what you want. If you want, you know, a sad robot anime, here's one. Um, if you want a sad robot anime with action, here's one. If you want a sad robot anime with some character development and, you know, struggle for being a person, here's one. Um, you're not going to get much more out of it, but definitely if th that's the kind of show you want, this is a hundred percent worth your time. Yeah. Um, I agree hundred percent watch. I don't care what genre you want. Uh, or like this is something you should a hundred percent watch. Um, the music is phenomenal. The direction, the fight scenes, everything. Um, there's really no do not watch if about Vivi. Um, I definitely would recommend it. And, it does have some overarching themes that I feel like causes people to think and reflect on themselves. So, yeah. If you like intrinsic shows that are also cool to look at, watch Vivi. If you like being a grump and hate everybody, watch Vivi because you need to change. Well, damn. Thank, yeah. thank God I watched Vivi. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, so getting into the spoilers, let's talk about what happened in Vivi. Fluorite Eyes song. Yes. If you haven't watched, go watch it and most importantly, come back because from this moment forward, everything is open game. So, yeah, Vivi, man. Like, let's first of all get into Vivi, like the character who is technically Diva. That's one thing. Like, her name is Diva and she takes on the altar. No, wait, she takes on her name is Vivi. And she takes on Diva, correct? Or is it vice versa? All right. All right. So let's hash this out, right? So Diva is an android. In this case, they call them AIs, who has a singular mission in life of making people happy with singing, right? She's, she's designed to have a singing voice. Her goal is to make people happy with singing. And of course, her designer said, I want you to like, have a question in your life about what does it mean to have a heart? What yes. does it mean to put your whole heart into something? Right. So that's Diva. Diva's made as a robot who sings. Yes. That is Diva's mission. As I said, AIs only have one singular mission, and Diva's is to make people happy. And she's like, What is happiness? Like, this is not something that an AI can progress or process. So we kind of see her go through mm -hmm. this whole, like, finding out what that is. And now, she's. 
in that, in the very beginning, six months of her existing, she saves a little girl and saves a little girl by meaning like a little girl is lost in the amusement park that Vivi, like that diva lives in. Right. Yeah. So she takes the little girl to like the, Hey, I have lost children's location. And the little girl absolutely falls in love with her. Right. And she calls her Vivi based on a little storybook character that she has. So that's where Diva got the name Vivi. And the yes. little girl is the only one who calls her Vivi. Now, yeah. throughout the show, we have a, a, a kind of a dichotomy and a dilemma with Vivi versus Diva. Diva right. So and that's kind of the interesting part. Like as we progress in her mission of, you know, preventing in, you know, in the singularity project where we're preventing the AI from murdering all humans, you know, Vivi starts to become more and more of an individual whose mission is to prevent, you know, the death of the humans that is separate from Diva's goal of, you know, making people happy with her singing. Yes. Even so far as where something crazy happens, she wouldn't like one, she murders an AI to save the Island. And two, she witnesses the death of a human and she has both their blood on her hands and then she freaks the fuck out and reboots. To which, which we real. get. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's wild that where her her diva personality then becomes the primary thing. Right. And then she's the best singer she's ever been in her entire life. Yes. She takes over as diva because that is defaulted into her programming and she kind of goes through this like PTSD and everything until our second character, um, Masamoto, who is an AI sent from the future, who we later find out is also someone that Vivi helped in his young life. So that was kind of a mind yeah, man. fuck. <laughs> like just let's, let's let's talk about Masamoto in in a minute. Yeah. So, uh, back to Vivi, though, but Vivi... Well, no, no or, talk about Matsumoto the robot. Okay, yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, Matsumoto is this AI who's sent back to help guide Vivi on her mission, and at first, he starts off as very, like, shifty and thrifty, because he's knowing of these events, and one prominent one is what our girl, Makoto, uh, the little girl that named um, Diva Vivi. Um, she's dying in a plane crash at the end of episode two. And it's just like, wow. Cause I didn't see that coming. And this is when we see, you know, that, um, robot fetishizing happen. Cause Vivi's got her clothes torn off fighting this giant robot. Um, so I mean, I mean like sports bra Vivi after having like fought the entire thing to help save the, like the assemblyman. That was pretty cool. I'm glad it didn't get any more like, yeah. Naked and, you know, fan service than that. But like, you know, Vivian is sports bra, bra like fighting for her life. That was pretty lit, bro. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like a hundred percent. So um we see her fighting Masamoto, who's taking over the um androids and stuff. It's like, hey, you know, we are like this is not important to the mission. Your mission is to stop the AIs from eradicating humanity. You know, of course some people are gonna die. And this is kind of the first defeat that we see in kind of a glimpse into is Masamoto really, you know, an helpful ally or what is this going on? Because 
you know, he's so focused on his mission, which is to help Vivi, that, you know, he's not really caring about anything else that involves Vivi so much that he goes to down try to download a um, fighting protocol and install it on Vivi to kind of override her main mission of being a songstress. So this is one of the things that you kind of see in Masamoto is like the mission is most important. And Vivi's like, I want to, you know, stay myself and do this. Um, but um, Masamoto's like, no, you can't do that. And this kind of dichotomy between the two, like, advances as the story goes on until we slowly see them realize each other as partners. And Masamoto starts to care about Vivi. And that's kind of reflected upon when we get to another character and her, that character's partner is just kind of did everything completely opposite. And Masamoto's like, if you really believed in her, you would let her, you know, come to things in her own way. And we're like, okay, Masamoto's out here actually caring or at least semblance of caring. So I thought that was really interesting. I felt like they had a very, you know, strong relationship. And I love that he was a bear for like the longest time longest time in like three episodes but but yeah not being the square ass robot being like a yeah. plush yeah actually homegirl's bear i believe too mamota or mama the yep. girl that died in the plane yes which yeah. you know 15 years later we see uh, five or seven or some odd years later we see vivi give that bear back to uh the little girl's younger sister which was like a whole deal yeah and and part of this show is the fact that Vivi is kind of living in a time or or has a time span that is different than humans. So we see a number of humans live, grow old, and die throughout the entire span of this show mm-hmm. because Vivi's time span is different, you know? So that's kind of a featured part of it that, you know, when we see this little girl on the the space hotel you know she's certainly older than her younger than her sister was when she died you know yeah um you know also with the professor um matsumoto when we when we are introduced to like the character as a young child first seeing vivi or diva in that case um you know at the museum and kind of growing up with her and, you know, coming, uh, you know, every so often to see her, introducing her to, you know, his wife and his child after his wife died. Yeah. And then, you know, so on and so forth to find out that that little kid that had been, you know, constantly visiting Diva was Matsumoto was like, oh, shit, man. Suddenly we're piecing things together and we care about this random little kid who is also this robot. Not necessarily the same individual, but, you know, they're certainly related deeply. Yeah. And that was a wild, too. That was a wild ride that, you know, that his he was actually Vivi's friend or at least um, he's, you know, Dr. Masamoto is the one who, like Masamoto, the OG Masamoto, is the one that we saw who sent Vivi back in time in the first um, episode, got his hand shot off and all that. And let's see, you know, we figured out his name towards the end and that this is kind of the 
will of him in our robot, Masamoto Cube, Masamoto, if you will, is crazy. And like you said, it's one of the things that keeps Vivi like going and like interesting. Seeing like, um, and then also, you know, the main antagonist. Not the main antagonist, but one of the antagonists, Hugo, the dude who tried to square it with Vivi every chance he got. Like, his daughter aiding Vivi towards the end to kind of stop the robot uprising was a good serendipitous turn as well. Or no, his granddaughter, sorry. It's because it's been 100 plus years in the future. So, we see that Hugo's uh, granddaughter, Yui, is out here helping with the same AI that he used on the sunrise trying to take out Vivi. Which Man, and and that's one of those stories where I didn't expect it to go exactly the way it did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you, you see this at the very beginning of us being introduced to him, you see this kind of, um, you know, young blood terrorist who's introduced and is, like, saved by Vivi. So you're like, oh, so, you know, his his hatred's going to change because he's been saved. Except it doesn't, because mm-hmm. we see him again, but he's still leading their terrorist group to, like, murder, I don't know, robots. And he's older now, so it's like, okay, he's saved again by Vivi. How does this change happen? You know, what does it mean? And then later on, we see him again in the future, but he's younger now so it's like okay what the fuck is going on somehow he's put his brain his consciousness into an android yep and it's like then we get his tragic backstory about his piano teacher who was a robot and the fact that he was like oh my gosh you should hang out because you're just a piano teacher robot and he's like that's right my job is to like bring happiness via the teaching of the piano but if people are not alive, I cannot bring them happiness. So he goes and, you know, he's saving lives as a piano teaching robot. And then he gets blown the fuck up. And that's like this guy's, you know, perpetual mission is like, why? Why did he do it? He was just a robot, you know? Yeah, which was like weird that he wanted to understand robots by killing them all. So. Well, I, I mean, you know, you're not wrong. But he was chasing a very specific answer. From very specific people. Yeah. Like Vivi, like Diva at that time couldn't give him the answer because like she didn't understand or know the history of what they had been through. Like, cause that those memories were locked away. But, you know, she recognized that it wasn't necessarily her she was looking for the answers from. Yeah. And then the fact that he died in AI was very, you know, interesting to how that happened. Um, his daughter fighting to like picking up or his granddaughter again fighting to kind of restore that mission that he had it's crazy how things trickle down just the real use of time travel going throughout time is very well utilized in Vivi more so than I feel like it's utilized in a lot of other things I feel like it's very reminiscent of Stein's Gate how they use time travel um just like on the level of that in Granted, I'm sitting here trying to think of a lot of animes that use time travel, and of course I can't at the moment, but I know that there are a few. Future so, Diaries, but like, different? Yeah, Future Diaries is like, we're just going to another universe that happens to be in a different time. Like, yeah, Future Diaries is weird, man. Check out our podcast on Future Diaries and 
find out why life's so weird with this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, th- I think that this does an incredibly good job for the most part, you know, showing the progression of time for Vivi um, over the 100, 115 years that it takes her. Um, one of my initial hangups, though, is the like the second time she gets sent back in time, you know, where it's like, OK, we made it to the, you know, the second murdering of all humanity. And uh, Professor Matsumoto is like, all right, I'm going to send you back back in time. But this time, don't come save me when you show up. Go save her. And it's like, we don't get to spend any time with Vivi or even, you know, kind of a a, a quick flashback or, or, you know, slideshow demonstrating that she goes through another hundred years of the struggle. And I'm like, okay, we immediately dismiss dismiss all of the fact that time exists. It's just, instead of you being here, you're going to be over there now. And, you know, fuck the timeline. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I feel like that was done. Like, I don't know why that was done. But I feel like that was done to, like, avoid, like, uh, confusion. Granted, maybe you did have plenty of confusion points, I feel like. Um, But also, I don't know if it was, like, necessarily, like, necessary but at the same time i feel like it was because i feel like they could have couldn't have just sent her back like you know not a hundred years but a period of time before she saved him like that's what i thought initially what had happened that he had sent her back to the beginning of her coming like a hundred years not like all the way back i think i i'm not certain but i think it it works because she is sent back to the very beginning of her existing Okay. Like the reprogramming and the like resetting is from her emerging from the like production tank. Gotcha. And that is the point in which she continues onward. Okay. Okay. I see that. Yeah. That was one thing that I had an issue with as well is that the time travels weren't definitely weren't like definitive of like, I wish I would have liked gotten a, you know, this is the time period. This is what's happening type thing every time. But I think that the majority of it, because we spend so much time with Vivi in the like the second timeline, like we spend so much time like learning her story. I think it kind of works because we're not really jumping back and forth between timelines. We're spending just so much time in here's the future we want to change and here's what we're doing to change it. Uh, Which is why I think it's not extra confusing as sometimes time travel can be. But what are some other things that kind of confused you with the show? Like kind of like made you get kind of hung up on it in terms of not like understanding totally. So really that like the time travel thing that you said was one. Um, the whole the stuff with I'm trying to remember. So there was the time travel with the um, uh, Masamoto thing and the kind of ending with um, Navi. Like, I was like, okay, did Navi have a part in this? Or was Navi just kind of like, hey, don't kill yourself for the humans? Like, I think that's what it was. Like, at the end when the master AI was like, you know, you're going to... Like, that just felt kind of... I don't know if confusing is the right word, but I kind of felt like, am I missing something here? I mean, so I'm, that's kind of my help with the whole thing, too. is because, like, Navi was a part of, you know, Diva's life. But thanks to Matsumoto, we didn't get, really get to be 
engaged with Navi, you know? Because every time we got a scene of them, it was like, all right, and here is Matsumoto shutting them the fuck up to go on an adventure. So now that, you know, Diva's back, it's like, okay, well, um, what the fuck are you doing here trying to save the universe? That's not what the fuck my Diva would do, the Diva that, like, I have comprehension of. Because, of course, Navi doesn't have comprehension of what all, you know, Vivi has done, you know? True, yeah. Um, I think that's another way to, like, reconcile, like, personalize the the robot universe compared to, the like, the human universe. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, that was um, that was really the only other thing that I was like slightly confused about. Um, but yeah, one thing one thing that really got me, and that's because you know we're weebs, but we're not you know extra understanding of spoken Japanese. Yeah, was the so Matsumoto the robot character talks at such a pace that is incredibly difficult to like. Mm-hmm. keep up with you know which i think works for like a robot you know that that certainly the the pace of the delivery works as a character trait for a robot but like trying to read the dialogue and stay up with what the fuck is going on on screen like it got difficult at points just because the co- the the information was st- being streamed at you constantly um so you know i don't know how the dub was maybe the dub made it a little bit easier but in terms of you know watching the sub that was a challenging point for me because i'm like oh god we're gonna have to like hyper focus no like same like masamoto's dialogue was kind of all over the place like and especially when we got to the island um of like the kind of you know I won't say forgotten robots, but like where the island they were building and doing all that stuff with the AIs. That was another moment where I was like, okay, I had to rewind a little bit because I felt like there were parts that I kind of missed with the whole, you know, homegirl having to be destroyed type thing, which, you know, I kind of get into that. Um, one thing that I really loved was that um, we got to meet technically Vivi's sisters, you know, the fact that she has a whole group of. AI is modeled after her, and they are the sisters, and Vivi is the oldest of them. And yeah, just kind of straight, she has to kill all of them or watch them all die. That was very dark and kind of very unexpected. As I was after, I mean, once we stall on their starshine, the ship, and home, the stuff with Estella, I believe that's the first one. Um, I was very shocked. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of shocked that i was like okay they're all gonna die now aren't they i mean yeah but also it's important to remember that these are examples of the sisters which are you know a line like a production model that you know many of them exist so you know the couple that we know of especially with the estella and elizabeth like those are like you know our our beta test models okay but but once, you know, but even after that, you know, there are those of that same line that exist or are made and reproduced and, you know, released. The same way with Ophelia, like the third gen, you know. Ophelia's not the only sister that exists, to my knowledge. Like, she's just the one that we get to deal with 
in okay. this episode. Then maybe that was confusing too, because I thought each one of them were like unique, because we saw, especially with Elizabeth and uh, Estella, because we saw that they were like you know twin units produced at the same time, and one was like defective, so they threw it out, and they kept well, Estella. And, and kind of the point there is like, what does defective mean? Like the experiment didn't go to plan for the humans, so they just tossed the other one out. But that's not to say that the robot was, you know, somehow worthless. Which, god damn it, Mashima, that's the point you was trying to get out the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mashima of uh, of Hero Mashima, yeah, very telling. Yeah. Hero. Um, but no, like that. That's kind of the point. Is like. That's the that's the end of the stick that Elizabeth got because they that whole experiment was if we spend six months of introducing her to you know um, the experiences of a no, another robot can we just make a duplicate can we clone her ass and the answer is no not like that but later on in Elizabeth's story we find out about how like you can reinstill the memories and like. AI of a robot. So, yeah. you know, it's a whole deal. Yeah. I I loved Estella. Like she was one of my favorites. I her song was a banger. Um Man. her dying hurt, you know, I'm not going to lie. I was like shit. This is sad. Her and seeing her and Elizabeth die, I was like, well damn. But um I think the one that messed me up with all the sisters and them dying as Vivi went throughout the years and different time zones to find them was probably Grace's because like Grace was the nurse and yeah like the fact that she was used as the processor for that huge island and then her what really got me was her distorted singing of sing my pleasure bro I was like man these real tears hitting the floor tonight aren't <laughs> so Man, especially when they hit you with the Vivi. Is that singing? Answer the question, Vivi. Is that singing? And Vivi's like, God damn it, no. That's not singing. That's just octave reproduction. She's not there, Chief. It's like, God damn, man. How did you know she wasn't, like, there? Mm-hmm. Ugh. And that being... And that automatically going to the catalyst of saying the dude, you know... Holy shit. Like, that whole scene with Home do off in himself, because he really did love this AI, and that was crazy, you know? That was wild, and that was one of, like, the moments that I was like, okay, we in, like, masterpiece territory right now, you know? Like, we up here, this is that strong that we were talking about before, this is that stuff you don't get in a lot of the, like, hype battle showings and things like that. Like, this is that writing that comes from, you know, sci-fi or other you know non high action focused anime and And i'm i'm just so mad that like i started watching this like episode one and i'm texting i'm like yo this is crazy because we see like the like these ai murdering people Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh my god do the idols just come alive and start killing people and you're like maybe (laughs) and i'm like Man, this might be freezing for robots, but it was not quite the same. Yeah, fortunately, I, I couldn't let you. I couldn't give you any <laughs> hints what this is going to be about. I had to let you go through the unexpected of what the hell. But no, man, uh, definitely it was a great time, though. Yeah, like so. 
Um, Grace definitely had the strongest story. I, don't, I love all the sister stories. Like the weakest one, if I had to pick one, I would say would probably be Ophelia. Because I'm just I like, mean, yeah. No, uh, make your point. Yeah. I Like Ophelia was still like, okay, her, her dead body on the ground fucked me up. I'm going to say that for one with like the blue blood or oil or whatever it was. Yeah. And like the fact that her partner did her super dirty. Like, super sad, but, like, it was kind of... And I felt, like, Vivi having, like, a sisterly bond with all of these characters. Maybe not, like, overtly, but it definitely felt like, you know, okay, this is something that is... You know, like, I feel this. A little, at least. So, seeing that, but, like, also coming back from Elizabeth and Estelle's and, like... Grace's story, like this following up Grace's story, I was like, that's crazy. I mean I mean, I think that Grace's story was perfectly fine, but I don't think Grace was a like a particularly strong character. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Like Grace like, is it was more more so the the professor's love for Grace that yeah. was like the character there. Which it was a nice QC love story. Like, don't get me wrong. The fact that she was like yeah, man. Um, I'll marry you if it helps you become like I don't know, better. And he's like, "Oh, of course, you're a robot. I guess that would be the answer I get." And she's like, "But not just anybody. Only because it's you, you motherfucker." And he's like, "It is true love. Like that was pretty sweet." Yeah. No, that was I did enjoy that, and like I said, or like you said earlier, when. Vivi made the wrong choice or like the choice that she made. We won't necessarily say it's the wrong choice, but that choice having immediate repercussions is crazy. You know, I was like, all right, what was, what was the wrong choice? What was the choice she made? Well, no, like I said, it wasn't the wrong choice. It was the choice that she made the choice. Cause I mean, she had to kill grace. I guess. Oh yeah. The choice, the choice that Vivi made to like prevent humans from killing robots or vice versa, to prevent robots from killing humans and doing whatever it takes to stop them. Yes. Which in this case was killing Grace. Yes. The, you know, unintelligible robot. Which was wild because there was so much like, I know what you were doing, but um, which was wild because there, if you think about it, that one of those questions, one of those things that happens is like, okay, do I kill my people to save your people? Like, which is kind of wild to think about, you know, like, and that's kind of why she broke, you know, I was like, okay, I'm seeing this AI and human who are trying to coexist, but one had to suffer and her realizing, you know, when does it end? And, you know, Vivi just kind of broke and we got Diva and her music was better than ever until she met Ophelia, her youngest sister. And it was like, dang, life still ain't Gucci. So, well, I mean, it wasn't till she met Ophelia. It was till she ran into uh, what's his bucket. Yeah, you go. Yeah, the guy who was suddenly now an like a robot. Yeah, and it was at that point where you know she ran into him, and then Matsumoto the robot was trying to like save her. That's when like the all the sh- things went to shit. Yeah, she's like, "Who are you? Who's Vivi? Like, what's going on?" Yeah. So, yeah. The sisters was, I really liked that. I feel like that was a great, strong part of Vivi, and I really enjoyed that. Um, but getting into the end of it, overall in Vivi, I feel like there's one question that is posed 
throughout it. Or not just one question, but like the biggest question. And that question is, you know, what does it mean to be human? Like, what does it mean to put your heart into something? And the answer that I feel like is being delivered by Vivi is like, because we see a journey throughout the end. And something we see is that she's taken from each experience. She's learned. She's developed. She's like broken down, experienced things she didn't think she could experience. And these all are like living through her memories, like her music, like at, in the final moment when it's like, if you sing, you're going to die. That code is not just you sing and it's all over. It's that you sing and there's no more Vivi. Like you're eviscerated. And she's like, you know, I have to do that because I've made memories, you know, I've lived and I'm going to the stage to sing. And we see Navi appear like out of nowhere almost. Well, they are in AI land, but like if you haven't seen Navi since episode two, she's back or they are back. I don't know what Navi is. And Navi's like, yo, you really going to like do this? You can't just stay here and sing for the AIs. Like you got to go and save these humans. Like these humans that don't even like, you know, care or view us as people or like, you know, not people, but, you know, as something. And she even displays an image of Makoga, the girl with the bear from the first um, two episodes that died in a plane crash. And Vivi's kind of like heartbroken. It keeps walking and pushing forward. And that scene was like so powerful for me because I'm like, yo, like you were literally this feels like one of those moments of like. You know, it's like a big sacrificial moment that I can't even, like, compare something to in the moment. But I would say, like, you know, maybe a piccolo is like, killing myself so everybody else can live type moment. Or, like, a, you know, this is my final moment, Jiraiya falling to the end in the pain fight. Wow, I'm comparing this to Shonen's. But anyway, this is one of those big, grandiose final moments. And she goes and sings it. And I feel like we got our answer what it meant to be like human, or at least we got something we could infer was for Vivi. Her personal answer was that she had made memories. She had gone through life. She had met people and had journeys who had an impact on her and truly allowed her to understand what it meant to pour your heart into something is to put everything that you are and everything that you have been made into that thing. Certainly. Um, And I wouldn't even so much describe it as being a human, as it is being an individual, you know, what does it mean to be an individual? What does it mean to be unique and like exist? You know, and the question is, what does it mean to like pour your heart into something? Like the the initial question to that is, what does it mean to have a heart? Like, what does the heart mean? You know, um, and we we see Vivi go through this entire this entire quest of not only saving you know, humanity from the, the killer robots, but also like through that, what does it mean to like, she constantly asks everyone she runs into, like, what does it mean to pour your heart into something in a way to like expand her comprehension of the statement. And it definitely does a really good job of like that. Yeah. No, I, I, I really like the ending. I really liked seeing how her eyes and everything looked in the moments of the satellite coming down and just man like it was just and then seeing Masamoto like doing the you know sacrificial moment and just everything kind of happening it was like 
a big grandiose ending and i was like you know what like i love this and you know maybe vivi is a masterpiece for me i know i said that it wasn't but like the more i sit back and i look at it, i was like i this is like at a 99 with a hundred binga s tier and i like it's so close in my you know what i'm gonna say it and if i were if i come back to it and it's not at that level that's fine but vivi was just done so well it made me feel so many things and the ending i feel like was one of those endings that just like you can't be mad at it because man i kind of i like this is kind of fucked up but i kind of really wanted that that like satellite to land square us on the main stage and it it's less like vivi you know silently passing and more like vivi going out with a bang you know, that's the one the one satellite that she didn't stop. Like kind of a conscious decision. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean it worked out, you know, well as it is. True. That that would have been crazy. And like I, there's something about like I tell you straight up though, I cried when she was like, Thank you Man. for your kind <laughs> attention. And Navi and shut had, down. Yes, and Navi had the girl clapping. And I was just like, bro, what? <laughs> I was like, why is there so much pain going on? Like, Ugh. that was so crazy, bro. And like, at the end when she came back online, like I know some people were like, maybe we'll get more. I'm like, no, it needs to just end how it ended. Like, it just it needs to just be like that little. Nah, man, we're not doing fucking. Um... We're not doing Monogatari. Just because she has short hair now doesn't mean we get to have more story. Yes. Get the fuck out of here. This is the end. Like, seeing her in that piano room and, like, Masamoto being like, hey, you awake? And she's like, what is going on? Who are you? She looked adorable with her cute hair, though. And I thought it was so crazy. Or not crazy, but I thought it meant so much that she is now Vivi instead of Diva. Like, she is now her person, the person that she created, not the one that she was created to be. And I was like, freaking chef's kiss, bruh. Let's go. Round of applause. This is what it means. Like, her in her cable-knit sweater. Like, just let's go. I was so hyped for that. And, you know, kind of just moving on to, like, a few things as we're getting close on time. Uh, The music... And Vivi was astounding. Like the intro, Sing My Pleasure is a bop, still in rotation on my um, YouTube music and what I use, Spotify and all that fun stuff. Like still in the rotation. Like to this yeah, day. Man. I really like how they implemented that in the show too. Yes. Um, like a number of the beginning episodes, there was no just, here's your intro. It was an, it was an intro that really fit into the universe as like a performance and i feel like when shows do stuff like that that's the caliber that's you know that's that energy that you got to bring to be considered that big m that big masterpiece and like i'm not saying you know if you don't do that you can't because i mean look at fruits baskets like it didn't do that but i feel like when you take that time and utilize like you don't have just an intro and an outro taking up space and you utilize all the time you have like okay there's enough care in this that it's going the extra mile and that bleeds out throughout the rest of it. Like I feel like that's something that's very, you know, good and well. And um like I had I had a list of all the songs, but I don't know what happened to them. But anyway, um 
And then the song that, you know, Estella sings on the sunrise as it's sun falling to keep the passengers like at ease as things are happening. I'm like, yo, this is adorable. I love this. Just like the music. And like even the OST, not just like the music, like the OST as well was hitting. Like that was such a freaking bop or jam. I don't know. Like Sarah has infected my vocabulary when it comes to saying how good music is. But um, the fights too, man. Like, and that's one thing. I did not expect Vivi to have, like, in my opinion, probably the fight of the year. Because Demon Slayer, I don't care what anybody says, came out in 2020. And then, like, I just, I reserve Vivi's fight for fight of the year. Like, you know what I'm talking about when she fought Yugo? She was out here. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the fights are really good. Um, some of the, like, some of the animation is kind of choppy. Um, but, like, all of them have great choreography. Yes. All of them kind of fit like wonderfully in the context of this scene the f- um good oh the fight choreography is what i'm mainly referring to and i don't i felt like the choppiness of some of the fights like kind of fit in aesthetically especially the one with like vivian elizabeth like holy that holy shit may have when been she, oh my god yeah definitely what and what got me for that fight was the like conclusion when she fucking headbutted this woman, yes. like to close it out, I'm like, do it to her. <laughs> that, bro, that fight messed me up, bro. Cause it was like, that was just a pure, like, fight, fight. Like, they were boxing. And then, like, the care, like, I love the distorted audio that went into it. I was like, yo, this is really yes. driving the fact home that these are like androids. Like, the distortion, just like when Elizabeth is like screaming. And then, like, getting, like, the headlock stalemate where they're both, like, gripping on each other's bodies. I'm like, bro, this is great. Like, and then you had the fight between Yugo and Vivi, like, doing a Phileas thing where they're, like, yes. going all over the place, bro. That was crazy. Like, I was just like, this is so crazy. I didn't expect this. And then, like, the stuff with the Grace, when they went in Grace's time zone and Masamoto's on that Star Wars energy, like, I'm just like, what is that? All right. Bro. I got to take 60 seconds to talk about the fact that I feel like Matsumoto's transformation into a fucking, like, jet speeder was kind of foolish. Yeah. Like, his design was kind of foolish. And, you know, it was it was cool and all that we get to, you know, do a like a fucking dogfight battle. But, like, even then, this man is made out of blocks. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty hilarious. I'm not gonna lie to you. I appreciate the vibe, but the the design didn't didn't do it for me. That's fair. That's fair. I personally, I was like, I'm here for the blocks. You know, I'm not saying it's the best design in the world, but I'm like, it's it's true to the Masamoto, uh, it's true to the Masamoto like vibe of things. But I agree with you. It was kind of just like, okay, this was a thing, and that was also one of the things that kind of just threw me off because I'm like, this man is just. A giant block. He's cubics, man. I was like, <laughs> cubics got ripped off for this. But you know what? Like, the fight or um the OST and everything else was so, like, lit. I was just like, whatever. But I agree with you. Like, Masamoto definitely. was definitely too blocky for this. But it was... Well, it, it it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, this is what we're going with. But, I mean, it didn't really take away from the story 
or the scenes. It was just kind of like, okay, well, we're just going to move right on past that fact and get into it being important, which I think really worked well. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, like I said, the Elizabeth fight was crazy. Um, I loved the Vivi in um, You Go Fight. Overall, I just thought it was a lot of great stuff happening. Um, I really liked, you know, just how everything played out. And I really loved how Vivi just turned out to be a whole vibe and one of the best animes of last year. I would personally put this in my top 20 maybe even my top 15 i have to do some like moving around of things um but overall like i said the animation was crazy just like the steel art styles like man just let's talk about that very quickly so there is a very specific um scene throughout this anime where they focus on our robot team you know a uh, very uh, it's, a, it's a very dramatic shot where they they stylize and focus on different the like a different art style um you know very specifically on Vivi but it happens on other characters and it it really denotes the like robotness the the plasticness of of our robot team so when they use that specifically with that um the one dude that's been you know, chasing Vivi this entire time, the terrorist who's now a robot. You're like, okay, how is he younger? And mm-hmm. then they, they use this kind of, you know, this kind of scene to demonstrate that the scene that's only been used on other robots. It's like, Oh my God, this is evidence that he is not human anymore. Like that, that kind of visual storytelling, even with the, like the scene design was pretty great throughout all of Vivi. I agree. Like, I just, you know, like there's, there's really like that type of design that mixed with like the kind of almost, cause it's done in the Makoto Shinkai films a lot. Um, where it's like pictures that are like overlapped, but, um, I feel like that's done somewhere in here when it comes to like forms of realism in the environment. But at the same time, it very well could just be created because it's a wit studio. Um, I really loved, like I said, the colors used in this, like the blue and like steel colors, just everything to kind of work together with this, the clock tower, um, the kind of like little astro projections of the AI, like the little like dots and everything, just how with gray stuff, how everything turned red. And then the final when things turned purple, just everything, you know, the robot voices were great. Um, the scene where Vivi was remembering all her past as she was like singing, it was just incredible. Uh, yeah, I just feel like this is something that a lot of people should go and experience. And this is something that, um, this is something that just, just like deserves so much more praise than it has. Um, 100% watch Vivi. Uh, like I said, this is probably going my top 15, top 20. Got to do some organization of that. But it's is definitely, and Vivi's definitely a waifu, if, in case you don't know. Like, definitely. Wonderful. 
So we're gonna have to do a waifu podcast. We are where man. we hit, we have you rate all of your waifus. That'll be a fun, fun experience, and I think we got to do it at some point. Oh my god! But definitely, um, I agree with you. Vivi was definitely worth the time watching. Um, you know, so go watch and experience. And you know, if there's stuff out there that you know in the current season that doesn't pique your interest, of course, there's stuff that you know goes on previously. And this is one of those, you know, catch up on the good shit. And that's exactly that. Um, but of course, you can catch all of the other previous stuff we've talked about on all your podcatchers. We're talking Spotify, iTunes, Amazon podcast at your typical show no protagonist or on Twitter at your TSP. That's you are TSP. Kai, you got stuff too? Yes, yeah, so you can find me at Twitter on static. You can find me on Twitter Static dreads with a Z. Because I'm cool. Hell yeah. And uh, of course, the other product too at Content Breaker on all your podcatchers or YouTube at Content Breaker as well. Of course, we'll catch y'all next week for more Your Typical Shona Protagonist. Peace. <laughs>